You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ahmed Munawar, founder and chief marketing officer at Boutique Growth, where we help professional services firms build actionable marketing plans so they can generate more leads and win more business. Today on the show, we're going to look at the five signs that it's time for you to fire that client. Big shout out to Molly Nicholson for the question. Molly asked, you know, when is the right time to fire a client? How do you know when it's time to say goodbye? And we're going to tackle that here in this episode. Before we get to it, if you haven't yet joined us inside our free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms, you're going to want to check that out. Inside the course, I will show you a step-by-step framework that you can use to generate a flood of new business for your firm. The course is 100% free of charge and you can grab immediate access over at 5leadgen.com. You can spell out five or use the number. Either one works. That's five leadgen.com. So Molly Nicholson, I decided to take your question of when is it time to fire a client and turn it into a nice little five part listicle because who doesn't love listicles, right? So here are the five signs that it's time for you to fire that client. The first is when they pay late. Now, look, there's a lot of reasons why clients might pay late. Maybe they have cash flow issues. Maybe they're just that disorganized. Actually, I probably am one of those clients that's that disorganized. Or maybe they don't respect your time or they don't respect you enough to adhere to your payment terms and, and take paying you very seriously. So if you break that down one by one, if it's cash flow, I mean, for starters, I wouldn't target clients who have cash flow problems, right? I would target clients who you know can pay you and can pay you on time. But I mean, if you really want to work with a particular client and maybe they're having cash flow problems for whatever reason, and you want to kind of stick with them and help them weather the storm, then I think you can make an exception on this one, but it should be the exception. This should not be the norm. So if all of your clients or most of your clients or a good chunk of your clients have cash flow issues, then it's time to step back and take a look at who you should be working with. Now, if the client is just disorganized, you know, they don't have cash flow problems and you know for a fact that they, well, not for a fact, but you have a good sense that they have money in the bank and that's not an issue, then, I mean, you really can't let them make that an excuse. If the client is disorganized, then I think what you can do is make the process of paying you as easy as possible, right? That's just good business, right? Make it really easy for people to pay you. So you can pay by check, email transfer, credit card, PayPal, carrier pigeon, you know, whatever it is, like make it really, really easy and frictionless for people to pay you. I know a lot of people, they don't like getting paid by PayPal or credit card because they get dinged on transaction fees and they insist on things like checks and e-transfers. I honestly, I mean, I think it's more important to get paid on time and to get paid regularly than to whine over a two to 3% fee. I certainly, you know, I lean more towards making it really, really easy to get clients to pay me. So I make credit card a really easy option. Anybody can pay by credit card. There's a link to pay by credit card on my invoice. And that way, cash flow becomes less of an obstacle, right? Because you don't have to have the cash in the bank. You can pay on your credit card and you can pay that later. So I think it makes a lot of sense. But the point is, make it as easy as possible for people to pay you. Now, the third reason is, comes down to respect, they just, you know, they don't take you seriously enough. I mean, that's really non-negotiable. 
if they're not taking you seriously enough to pay you on time and there's no other good reason, they're just not opening up your email or they're not just, just not getting around to it, they're just not making it a priority, then, I mean, I think that's something that you really have to address. And there are ways to address it. And we're going to get into, at the end of this episode, we're going to get into how to fire a client because a lot of times the threat of firing a client actually solves a problem, right? If you just, if you threaten to fire them and you have that conversation, I don't mean make an empty threat, but you legitimately take the steps to fire the client. A lot of times that solves a problem. And we're going to get into that at the end of this episode. The second sign that it's time to fire that client is when they begin making unreasonable demands. And you know what these are like, right? It's the out of scope items. It's the revisions. It's the changes. It's the timelines. It's the 11th hour feedback right before the project or the deliverable is about to be finalized. Now, it could be here that they're just not aware of the rules of engagement. And this is an important point. If they're just not aware of how things work and when they can give you feedback and how they can give feedback and what's in scope and what's out of scope, and they're just not you know, really on the same page with you as to how the engagement is going to work and how the project is going to get executed, then the truth is that that's your fault, right? You need to do your part in making the rules of engagement very, very clear in, you know, in your engagement letter or in your proposal or in your kickoff meeting. I mean, I think that's really, what's a kickoff meeting? A kickoff meeting is, okay, we're doing this here's how it's going to work. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here's the process. Here are the steps. Here's the timeline. Here are the deliverables. Any questions, right? That's really where you want to iron out any of those issues before they come about. So if you're finding that clients are really making some ridiculous demands and it's driving you crazy and driving you up the wall and you're pulling your hair out, chances are there's something wrong with your process that early on in the engagement at the kickoff meeting or in the proposal, you're not really being clear about how things work. So you can work to hopefully rectify it that way. But look, some clients are just a pain and, you know, you can't change everybody. So if your best efforts at educating the client on the process just don't work and they continue to make unreasonable requests, then move on, right? Because the truth is that, you know, you might think it's something small. You might think it's, oh, it's, it's just an extra request. It won't take me a lot of time. It'll save the relationship. And then you might do it. And maybe that makes sense. However, the extra time that you spend working on extra stuff for one client that's not billable or that you can't charge them for, they, they expect for free, might be time that you could spend earning more revenue from another client. So I want you to realize that there's an opportunity cost to everything. So it may seem harmless. The request may seem really small and insignificant and, and they almost expect you to do it for the relationship. But at the same time, everything you do, every minute you spend on a client, on a project, on a deliverable has an opportunity cost because if it's not for that client, you could be earning revenue elsewhere. So remember that, really value your time and if you find that you're spending a lot of time on a client because they keep making demands and you can't, they just won't follow your process, then by all means move on because there are plenty of fish in the sea. The third sign that it's time to fire that client is when they start giving you attitude. Now, this one's a little bit interesting and nuanced because on the one hand, you want to have a healthy relationship with your clients. That's obvious, right? You want to have a good relationship. You want to be on good working terms, but you don't need to be friends. You want to have a high level of professional respect and courtesy on both sides, but you don't need to be buddy. That's not a prerequisite to a client relationship. And so sometimes what happens is a client may give you a little bit of attitude or they may push back. And to some extent, that's healthy because as a consultant, as a service provider, if you're positioned as an expert and you're delivering value, part of that comes with challenging the client. 
part of that comes with challenging the status quo, challenging their assumptions, challenging their assertions, challenging the way that they see things and the way that they see the business. And if you're doing that, Sometimes you have uncomfortable conversations where the client disagrees with you or they don't see your point of view or they don't get what you're trying to say. And that's a good thing. To me, that's a healthy part of a client relationship. You don't have to get along all the time. There has to be some natural tension. If it's not quite there, then I would argue you're not doing your job. So I don't want you to misconstrue this idea of the client giving you attitude to be something that happens naturally as part of that process. In that exchange, when you're trying to push the client towards a particular outcome or to see things a certain way and they're not quite getting it, that's one thing. Giving you attitude or being disrespectful is another thing altogether. If the client does anything to indicate that they're less than thrilled about working with you, then I would be very concerned. You know, maybe they're having a bad day and certainly everybody has bad days. Everyone's entitled to having bad days and everyone has their quirks and you can use your judgment there. But if it's something that's coming up time and time again and they're giving you this kind of attitude and you're, you're getting this vibe from them, then that's something that I would be concerned about. Maybe it's something you did and that's something to consider as well, right? Because by all means, if it's something you did, if you made a mistake, part of being a professional, part of being a grown-up, right, is owning up to your mistakes and making them right. So that's something to think about. If you know, if you're getting this kind of attitude from the client, then a question, you know, did I do something? Did something go wrong? Did we mess up the last deliverable? Is there a reason, like a legitimate reason why I might be getting this attitude? And if you can find one, then address it and rectify it. But if that's not the case and you're getting this attitude and it's kind of becoming a pattern, then I think that's a pretty good sign that the relationship just isn't working out and it's only going to get worse. And the truth is it's probably a matter of time before the client ends a relationship anyways. So you might as well not waste your time on a relationship that's not going to go anywhere and you might as well end it yourself. The fourth sign you should fire that client is when the work just isn't good. And I know it's hard for you to admit that your work isn't good, but at the same time, you should also have the highest expectations of your work and you should have, you know, really, you should be the hardest on yourself when it comes to the quality of your work. Quite often, clients can't tell the difference. That's the truth, right? Think about your work. Think about whether it's excellent or subpar or average. A lot of times, clients can't tell the difference because they don't have the taste, they can't appreciate the nuances of your work, but you can. <laughs> you can tell the difference. You know what amazing work looks like, and you know what average run-of-the-mill works look like. When your work isn't the best, when it's not amazing, when it's anything short of amazing, so average or below, then I think that's a big problem. Now, why might your work not be good? I mean, sometimes it's the client's fault, right? Sometimes it's their demands, it's their taste, it's the way that they want to do things, it's, it's the expectations that they have, it's them interfering with the work, it's them giving feedback until the work just sucks, right? Like, that that definitely happens. But, you know, sometimes it's not the client's fault at all, right? Sometimes it's just not a good fit. Sometimes maybe the industry isn't an industry that you're really familiar with, or maybe you don't have a good feel for the client's business or something just not quite clicking your experience and their needs just don't quite match. There's any number of reasons why this might be, and it doesn't always have to be the client's fault. But for whatever reason, if you're not doing your best work for a particular client, that's a sign that you need to get rid of that client. And again, the reason comes down to opportunity costs. Every moment you spend on a client that's not the best fit, that's not generating your best work is a moment wasted. Yeah, sure, they paid you. Sure, fine, great, they paid you. But that's a very short-sighted way of looking at things because every client is an opportunity for two things. Well, three things, sorry, three things. One is the revenue, which is important, sure, right? Two is the referral. If you do good work for a client, then they're more likely to refer you to clients like them 
And third is the testimonial or the case study that if the work is really good, you can show it off. So if the work isn't good, you get the revenue, you probably, you know, you might get the referral, you might not, right? If the client doesn't think it's good either, right? You might not get the referral. But even if the client thinks the work is good, the referral might not be worth much to you because a client's likely to refer you to people that are just like them, which is a road you don't want to go down. But thirdly, you definitely won't get the case study or the testimonial because the work wasn't good and you wouldn't want to show it off. So you've really wasted your time and the opportunity cost of that is significant because I'd rather have you work with clients where you get the revenue, you get the perfect referral, and you get an excellent case study that you can proudly display on your website. And finally, the fifth sign that it's time to fire that client is when you just don't like them anymore. <laughs> I know that sounds harsh. Sounds harsh. But look, you don't have to like everyone. You know, sometimes personalities clash, right? And, you know, we all have our own quirks and eccentricities. And, you know, maybe you don't like their politics or you don't like the way that they carry themselves or, you know, their voice gets on your nerves or you don't like their haircut. I mean, whatever it is, I don't think you have to justify it personally. There's just some people you don't like. I don't like everybody. You know, some people get on my nerves and it's not that I think ill of those people. I don't think less of them. It's not that they're bad people. Nothing like that at all. It's just, you know, there's certain types of people that I like to interact with and engage with and who I get along with. And there are certain types of people that I just don't get along with. And there's a variety of reasons for that. And I don't need to justify it because, hey, part of, you know, the perks of doing this, of running your own firm, running your own business is you get to call the shots. You don't need to justify it to anybody, right? I choose who I do business with. You choose who you do business with. And I can't fault you for that. And you can't fault me for it. So, if you don't like somebody, if you're just not getting along with a client and you find like your interactions with them are draining, then get rid of that client. I mean, I think that's a very valid reason. And, you know, we've all had those kinds of experiences where you're talking to a client who you don't particularly like, right? They're not, they're not your best client. You're not crazy about them. And you spend an hour with that client. And by the end of it, you just want to bang your head against the wall or crawl into a corner and just like let the day end already because that was so painful, right? And then you have other clients who by the end of that same one hour conversation, you spent the same amount of time with them, you know, you're energized. You feel amazing, right? You feel motivated. You feel positive. You feel like, you know, a million bucks, right? You spent the same one hour but at the end of one conversation, you come out drained and, you know, you're like they've sucked all the life out of you. And at the end of the other, you feel energized and motivated and you feel like you can do anything. I'd rather you have more of the latter. <laughs> I'd rather you work with clients who motivate you, who energize you, and not with clients who suck the life out of you. And sometimes it's just a matter of personality. We just, we just don't get along. It's just not working. They may not have a problem with you, but you might have a problem with them, and that's fine. I'm not suggesting you tell them that you just don't like them, and that's why you're going to end the engagement. By all, That's not really a nice thing to do. Be more tactful than that. But sometimes that is a very legitimate reason to pull the plug. Because again, opportunity costs is an important thing, right? So the more of your clients that you like and the more that they energize you, the more energy that you'll have to do more work with better clients. And that's very valuable. You can't really put a price on that. Okay, so those are my five signs that it's time to fire that client. Now let's talk a little bit about how to fire a client because that's not an easy thing to do, is it? You know, no matter what the reasons are, if you want to exit a client relationship and the feeling is not mutual, like they don't want to exit the relationship like you do, then that can make for a very uncomfortable conversation. However, if you do this right, it can quite often address and solve some of the problems that you are facing. You know, again, if, if they're paying late, 
then this might be the wake-up call they need to start paying on time. If they're making unreasonable demands, this might be the wake-up call that'll get them to sit up and start to, you know, kind of play nice within your process. If they're giving you attitude, then this might be the, you know, well, this might be the conversation that sparks a deeper conversation around what's going on. How do they feel about the work? You know, what's going on that's making their attitude come out the way that it is? Quite often, it might not be you, it might be something else, and you'll discover what that is through this process. So whatever the reason is, I think you call a meeting, right? You tell the client you want to discuss your working relationship, and you call the meeting, and in the meeting, you know, you just be frank about it, right? You be a grown-up. Like, look, we've been working together for a long time. I've had a really good time working with you. It's been a great opportunity for me, and I hope you've enjoyed the work. But for the following reasons, I don't think we can continue. And you say what your reasons are. If it's payment, then you state that. Look, you're not paying on time, and maybe there's reasons for that. Maybe there aren't. I'm not sure, but I need to work with clients who pay on time. It's really critical to my business. You wouldn't appreciate your clients paying you late either. And, and I don't appreciate that. So for that reason, I think it's best that we move, we part ways. If it's um, something like the demands, then look, I've got a process and I ask all my clients to follow this process. Your needs seem to be unique or maybe you like doing things a certain way. doesn't really play nicely with my process. So I think that's really not going to work out. Now, in those two scenarios, I think a lot of times clients will say, no, 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 we need you. <laughs> we need you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I haven't been paying on time. I know we're making demands. I know, I know, I know, I'm sorry, but we need you. And then it's up to you, right? If you think that they're sincere enough in their regret and that they can actually make good on their promise to make things better, then that's up to you. Otherwise, if you don't think anything is going to change, then I think you should move on anyways. And when it comes to attitude and kind of disrespect or anything like that, then I think this is a good chance for an open and frank conversation. And they might say, well, you know what? To be honest, I think things haven't been going well, and I, and I think there's been some issues with the work. And I think you're right. We should part ways. But maybe there's something else, right? And this is quite often what happens is they, they might say, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disrespect you. I didn't mean to give you attitude, or I didn't mean to act in a less than courteous and professional manner. But things are crazy around here right now. And you know, I'm under a lot of pressure and, you know, revenue is down and the board's on my case and my staff are acting up and I guess I took it out on you, but that's not fair and blah, blah, blah. You know, those conversations are really, really important conversations. Those are the conversations that make for really, really strong client relationships that when a client opens up to you and they tell you what's going on and they tell you their frustrations and some of their kind of like challenges and inner battles, I mean, that's your opportunity to really level up your relationship and become somebody that's indispensable to the client. Because oftentimes they can't vent their frustrations to anybody else especially if your client is like the CEO or the president or anybody at the senior levels, you know, they can't vent to their peers as much. They can't vent to their board. They can't vent to their staff because they're all part of the problem, right? But they can vent to you, right? They can tell you what's going on. They can tell you what they're struggling with. And if you listen and if you understand, then you're going to develop a stronger relationship with them and they're going to become a very, very loyal client. So that's in a nutshell what I would do. If you want to fire a client and have that meeting, have the frank conversation, give the client a chance to explain themselves. A lot of times that resolves the issue. Sometimes it doesn't. And then you move on and, you know, hopefully you're better off for it. So that's a wrap on this lesson. If you want to grab the show notes, you can head over to forecast.fm slash fire. That's forecast.fm slash fire. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to the show on iTunes, you're killing me. 
What? What is your problem? I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, though, if you haven't yet subscribed on iTunes, do me a favor. Head over to forecast.fm slash iTunes. Click on the show. It's going to pop up iTunes. Hit subscribe. And then we'll start showing up in your feed. And, you know, who doesn't want good stuff showing up in their feed, right? While you're at it, leave us a rating and a review because it helps more people discover the show. And I would be very grateful. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.